To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. As to rumors of Thrawn and rebels, there, there are rumors about everything. I remember people swearing up and down that Mara Jade was going to be in The Force Awakens. So my rule is until it's announced on StarWars.com, don't even waste your, your brain power thinking about it. It'd be cool, I agree, but um, until it's confirmed, not, not even going to, uh, to worry about it. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Caravast. fans and move milkers everywhere and welcome to episode number 32 of blast points this week it's another special episode with an interview i did with tracy duncan otherwise known as dunk from club jade now we recorded this interview a couple weeks ago kind of right before celebration london took place so some of the stuff with talking about thrawn and dave filoni's plans with could certain things come into rebels probably sound like ancient history at this point. But it's just a reason to have another conversation with Dunk sometime in the future. So here we go with the conversation between myself and Dunk. So I am joined here tonight with Dunk from Club Jade. And Club Jade has been, for as long as I can remember looking up Star Wars on the internet, there has been Club Jade, right? Uh, yeah, actually, for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine, right? Yeah, um... It started, God, 95 or 96. I honestly cannot remember it. I have to look it up, but I, I, I don't even know where to go to do that at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it was started off RAS, uh, RAS the news group, uh, Rex Art Sci-Fi Star Wars, I think. Oh, we're going way back. Yeah, way back. Um, and we actually had a website from those early days because one of our founders – was he worked uh, he worked on computers and he, uh, he 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 ran servers, so he started a website and we had we had a bunch of weird URLs before we bought the the domain name, but these weird like educational URLs like everything was back in the nineties. You Ooh. all had um, like one of the first big big fanfic sites I remember was run out of Penn State. <laughs> yeah, so and I think uh, oh and 
the force that net was uh, off Te- out of Texas A&M. I can't believe I remember all this. It's been so long. Oh, those were the days. I've had no. so many drinks. Those were the days. Those were the days. I remember when I was first introduced to the internet and someone like explained it to me, the first thing I looked up was Star Wars. And the, one of the first pages that came up amazingly was the Force.net at Texas A&M yeah. University. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I see, I got on because I was in, you know, the lame suburbs and in high school, I got on and we had AOL. So I went in and I found the Star Wars forum and the Star Wars forum was divided into two parts. It was like there was the movies part and there was the expanded, the books part. I've, I don't know if they called it expanded universe. I forget what they called it. Yeah. But I went into the books part and that's where I met a whole bunch of people who either were or became club daters. Mm-hmm. Like we just, we just had like two weeks ago, we just had uh, our gathering of, of, um, of club jaders at origins in Ohio and or in Columbus and everyone we, we were talking about our, we were talking about the founding so that's why this is kind of on my mind and because we're 21 years old this year the group wow. itself wow yeah and we were talking about how many of us found it through the and I I kid you not the who Luke should marry folder on AOL <laughs> the AOL Star Wars fan forum who Luke should marry. And every time we said that, we all laughed yeah. because it is hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's how I met like so many people. It was like my, my first steps into like, into like fandom with people who like cared about the same things I did. Cause my, my, my real friend, you know, my real life friends, they like star Wars. I hung out with a guy who called himself fat, which is hilarious in retrospect because I hate. Both. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Andy. I know he's not listening, but sorry. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but they weren't they weren't reading books. I remember Andy had three books. Uh, he had Courtship of Princess Leia, The Crystal Star, and another one that I don't remember, but it was bad too. Yeah, only the best ones, right? Yeah, and I was like, Andy, why did you buy these books? They're horrible. Yeah. It's like no one, and, and you know, you see that, and you're like, well, no wonder they weren't into you. They were reading. Yeah, Courtship of Princess. So great books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so that was the, you know, and the first people I met who were really Namara. So then that was, you know, 95, 96, that was still kind of considered the dark times. It was before the resurgence of special editions. And yeah, I think, I think it depends if you count the, if you count the EU or not, because uh, yeah. Year of the Empire came out in 91, and that, that's when I read it. I read it in December 1991, and see, this is where my memory is perfect. December 1991, Christmas break, I read Heir to the Empire. And in fact, I'd just seen Star Wars because my parents had bought the VHSs because of Heir to the Empire. Hmm. So it, it, it really, you know, I think it depends on where you count it. Like for, for me, just just having a be a book fandom like that was I was into so many things like I was reading. I was way more of a reader as a teen and I was reading so, so many things. And the only thing I found that really had a fandom was Star Wars. And later, um. You know, later uh, later on, there was like a song and ice fire got big and that that thing. But the first one I encountered was Star Wars, yeah. and that was the only thing I could find where people actually wanted to talk about. Because everything else I was obsessed with was like mid list things that you know there's you'd find of the AOL they had a sci fi forum and you'd find a thread and there were like three posts. Yeah, and I was like, Ugh. and I, you know, because I, I wasn't into Wheel of Time or any of the big series back then, so right. it was it was really tough. And then I found these Star Wars people, and it was like. Phew. Yeah, that's really, it's interesting because, like, I I don't think I started reading the books until maybe around the time of special editions, I think. 
when it started to like dawn on me, like, oh yeah, there's these books too, you know, like, and then it was no holds barred after that. Yeah. But it's I an- think that was about the time the special editions. I think wasn't that Shadows of the Empire? Oh yes, yeah, ninety six, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember that's when it seemed to be getting a, a lot more mainstream, where there were more books and it just started piling up as the as you know the prequel hypes became more of a thing. And it's interesting too that like Shadows of the Empire was tied right in with all the hype that was coming into the special editions and leading mm-hmm. into the prequels. And that book is just so freaking weird. But for yes. like for so many it was kind of their introduction into yeah. what would the the EU. And and Club Jade hated that book so much. Oh I can imagine. And I think I think it's a matter of just being you know being mostly we weren't we weren't hundred percent women. But it was mostly women, and it was definitely women driving the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and well. and everyone just got to the part with, oh, God, I'm going to say it wrong, Gizor, Cizor, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, ew. <laughs> it's, it's still, we did a whole episode looking back on Shadows the Empire, and I hadn't read it since, like, 96, and I just went back to it earlier this year. Yeah, because if you're reading it as, you know, a, a 16-year-old or whatever, you're not noticing this stuff. Even, you know, I was noticing this stuff, the gross Leia stuff, but mm. and the gross stuff with the droid, was her name, Guri? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was a sex droid, yay. Ugh. I mean, it has to be. It ha- and, 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 you know, back in the day, I was not the most... It's really funny because I look I look back on how frustrated we get when the whole feminism thing started in fandom a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and how frustrated I was because I'm like, isn't this like just basic stuff? How how, how are we still having to explain this? And 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 I think back to and I started thinking about Shadows Emperor and how much we just we said it without saying it in you know in and I think that's part of coming up in a group in fandom in a group that is female dominated, which is fairly, which is still fairly rare. I mean, not as much as it used to be by any means, but I had no idea, you know, how until Twitter and and everything got bigger. And because I wasn't a message board person, you know, and really until Twitter, ironically, but yeah, that, that book, (laughs) I, I, part of me kind of wants to reread it. And part of me is like, no, just stay away. I can't even, I can't even read, reread the Zon books at this point. I, I reread them so much back in the day. I, I I think if you have memories of it, I, I, I'd say you're probably still good. I, I, your memories are true, and it's nothing. Yeah. It hasn't changed. Yeah, but I, I was, I, you know, it was surprising to me too how many people were like, "Well, Shadows is exempt from the the Legends thing, right? It's still canon." Oh, no, 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 honey, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was it was a huge, you know, it was a huge production. Because, okay, so I've heard two stories. The oldest story, which is probably my impression at the time, was that it was kind of a test campaign mm-hmm. for Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. But recently, Pablo was like, yeah, because Phantom Menace got pushed back, we had to do something. <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing. True. Just two different perspectives on it. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, too. But yeah, it had so much hype. It had the video game. It had, you know, the soundtrack of all things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think yeah, and that's why like like people just saw it, and you know that was their introduction. It wasn't it wasn't Zon like some of us. It was Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor people. Yeah, I, I think I'm included in that. Where it's <laughs> I was yeah, I was like a freshman in college, and I was like Star Wars books. This is awesome. It's got Luke Skywalker in it, you know. And then it was like, and then I kind of realized, oh wait. 
you know, and I think for me after that, it was kind of like Dark Empire and the comics. Mm -hmm. And then that was kind of, oh, if you liked that, you should check out Zahn and you should check out this and you should, you know. Dark Empire is, is very interesting. It is, isn't it? It's it's an interesting bit, you know, and how it doesn't quite fit with. Now, for me, it was Zahn first because this was back. You're a little bit. You're. I think you're a little bit older than I am. If you were in college when Shadows came out. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I was growing up in you know the dinky suburbs, and I was a comic reader. But this was before trade paperbacks were huge. Okay, sure. So I remember, I saw Dark Empire once. In a Suncoast I did not buy it Mm -hmm. I should have bought it I did not buy it And I never saw it again Because I wasn't really going to comic book stores At that point Comic book stores weren't really carrying graphic novels Bookstores weren't carrying graphic novels So what I ended up doing Was buying the Dark Empire source book From West End Games (laughs) In in the the the, Not Barnes Noble The B. Dalton's In Fairlane Mall I remember these things. It's oh, yeah. Insane. And I bought that, and I read that whole thing. And then finally, at some point, I got a hold of the trade. The trade. I think around the time Dark Emperor 2 came out, they, they made a big push of it or something. Because I remember going to the comic book store for Dark Emperor 2. But really, honestly, I felt like the source book was better than the comic. Yeah, those... Those source books, are, they're still amazing. They're amazing. Yeah, crazy good. And I, you know, I gave a bunch of them to Andy... Uh, yeah. Wherever he is now yeah. <laughs> And I regret that I was like why didn't I keep those He's got to listen to this We're going to find him We're going to find Andy Fett And we're going to make him listen to Blast Points <laughs> Facebook message him, Hey Andy I talked about you in this podcast Right. I haven't talked to you in like five years But hey, hey. <laughs> You're the hot topic You're the hot um, topic That made me think too Like the, with the, the, the West End like the, I was thinking about it the other day I was going crazy um, Getting out my old uh, Star Wars adventure journals Oh yeah, those were great, and nobody talks about those anymore. Those are amazing. Yeah, yeah those. What, what I did, I can tell you what I did with those. I did get rid of them, but I took them to the Club Jade auction. Ooh, at a Jade Con, so they went to a loving home. Oh, that's good. A, a Star Wars obsessive home. I know that they were in really ratty condition because I kept them like in like this bathtub under my bed, <laughs> <laughs> like a baby bathtub. <laughs> as you should, as you should. <laughs> yeah, it's just so random. They, those were a little. You know, they had the short stories and stuff, but they were more game oriented and I was never a gamer. I had all these source books, but I was never a gamer. <laughs> I was I tried playing the Star Wars role playing game once and I was like, I think I like reading the manuals and things more than actually playing the game. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we did the same thing, um, my friends some of my friends in high school with, with Vampire the Masquerade. This is the most nineties thing that I've ever said. Oh no, yeah. I <laughs> We were we you know, we, we made characters but we never actually played. That's the fun part. Yeah, like the making of characters and like you know, we we're just we were just so clueless. And, and I've just realized the more complicated the game, the worse I am at it. I'm just not even even like tabletop games. So uh, my they friend, tried to, friends tried to teach me flux yeah. a couple years ago, and I was like, what? I'm I'm not good at that. Right around episode one, a friend of mine and I tried playing uh, the like some kind of crazy episode one card game, and we were like, wait a minute, we can't be doing this right. Because Boss Nass just took out an army of battle droids and like a couple <laughs> tanks. And was that Decipher? Yeah, yeah. Was that something else. Yeah, no it was way. Decipher. Yeah, we we're like we we obviously don't know what we're doing because this makes no sense. Yeah, well, that was and that was back in you know the days of magic and everything. Uh, that's another one they tried to teach me. They tried to teach me magic. That didn't go over very well. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can remember like these. I can remember where I bought a book, but I cannot get gasp hold of of Magic the Gathering or <laughs> the collectible card game. I think yeah, because I think because you know what, um, Andy and and his his best friend Ray, who are also in my friend group, they also tried to teach me decipher, and that's. <laughs> Why it was, it was so it seems so complicated. It's like why can't yeah. why can't it just people have like a lightsaber fight or something? You've been involved in Star Wars fandom for so long. Club Jade has been around for so long. What what do you credit to its longevity? Stubbornness. I like that. <laughs> well, with the website it's definitely stubbornness. Um for I think for the group it's it's a lot of it's just that we all you know, we, I can't say that we. It's been a drama-free environment forever. It has been for a while, but we, you know, we had our bumps and and stuff. But it also, there's a lot of mutual respect there for each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we survived the prequels. <laughs> to me, that alone is amazing. And we had so many different. You know, we had we had a lot of different. We had the whole the whole spectrum of reactions in our group. Okay, opinions. Yeah. Yes. And, and I know there were fights. I don't remember them because I was not paying attention. I was in college when the Phantom Menace came out. So that, to me, is like the, one of the least involved times in fandom. But I do remember there was very, you know, there was very, a lot of discussion. And there was a lot of, just a lot of, a lot of different things, things were said. Sometimes people left. But just the fact that we all remained friends. Yeah. And we're all able to be respectful in discussing things. I mean, even, even we, had, we had a discussion about... The Force Awakens, and it was it was kind of funny. Uh, we we're talking about about fan fiction, and fan fiction was you know a huge for us back in the day when the books were kind of eh. well when the when when the early EU you know in the days of KJA and all that. Mm-hmm. It was fixing it fixing it through fanfic was huge with us. I mean, you look at our fanfic archive; it's all like late nineties. You know, they're they're writing Mara wrong type stuff, and a lot of the same thing happened. I think with. People, people were they, they liked they liked the prequels, but they thought there's a huge, there was a huge whole group that that thought you know this could be they they like latched on to the Jedi Apprentice books and Jude Watson, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of people who moved into that fanfic realm because they, they felt it needed you know it needed a little work it needed some background it needed some some hoisting sure. and uh, <laughs> yeah some very obsessive pe- Jedi Jedi fans in Club Jade believe it or not. It was, and I, I wasn't a part of that, but but it's just it's it's really you know that that drive to to kind of fix things to your own specifications. Fanfic for me, I've never really dabbled in it or read mm-hmm. too much of. But is it is it still happening with Force Awakens? Is it still out there? Is there still like it's still not so much in, in Club Jade. In fact, that's that's where I was going with this. In that when when we were discussing the Force Awakens, people were like, "Well, you know, I don't really feel any need to fix it. You know, I'm happy with it as it is." And I thought that was really interesting because of how we reacted to, you know, imperfect, the imperfections of the early you and the imperfections of the prequels. And it might just be that we're older now and we're like, eh. But I, I found that, in, I, but yeah, fanfic is huge. It's still huge. There's, there's flame wars every day going on on Tumblr with the kids and the not so kids. And I, I don't think fanfic ever really goes away. No matter, it's just there's 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 so many different ways to approach it. Like with with us, it was it was mostly fix it type stuff. Yeah. But there's also the you know I love these characters. I want you know, I want them to be happy together. You know, I want I want Poe and, and Finn to be happy. You know. Yeah. Right. Or 
Kylo and Hux, believe it or not, to be oh, happy I, together I've, in the future. I've seen it. Yeah, I was like on, yeah. oh, on yeah. Twitter, and it was like, you know, some Kylo Ren page like followed like the podcast, and I was like, okay, I'll follow you back. And then I like I look at my Twitter, and I was like, oh my, there's a whole thing going on with Kylo yep. and Hux. Yeah, Kylo Hux. Yeah, yeah. The two, the, the two big, the biggest ship is actually Kylo Hux. At least if you go by archive of our own, which is it's which is kind of old. Which not not old, but a certain a certain sect of fandom, I guess you'd say, it's it's really dominated by. Um, you, you go other places, you also have the whole Raylo thing with Ray and Kylo, and everyone's like, "Are you sure they're not cousins?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "This is Star Wars. Let's chill for a little bit." Well, and that's interesting because, like, I imagine it, it, it. You know, there were there were fanzines and stuff in the seventies mm-hmm. and early eighties. Oh yeah, and you can only imagine the stuff that was being written about um, Luke and Leia. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember one of the. I remember uh, encountering. In uh, in I, I want to say the '90s, early 2000s, a Luke Leia shipper who never got over it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she was interesting. Um, she was a very interesting person. Let's put it that way. I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, credit to her for keeping the flame going. You know. Yeah. Maybe. She, re- <laughs> she really hated Mara. That was fun. Oh boy! Yeah, and then yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's just there's you know, and I'm, I keep wondering, am you know, who are those? You know, am I one of those people now? <laughs> like, I'm not sitting here like raging about you know, if if Luke turns out not to you know have turn out to be single for 20 years, I'm not going to rage about it. And I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. that's Star Wars for you. There's uh, yeah, yeah, the fact that there was only one that I I ever encountered though, I thought that was very interesting because I encountered because there were a lot of Zine people um, who I met through. Through Club Jade and the Star Star Ladies, which was kind of one of the feeder like groups of Club Jade, that was it was a chat on um, AOL. And there was a there was a lot of Zine people in there, mm-hmm. and I learned I learned a lot about about the Zines in those early days, like the um, the whole the letter from Maureen Garrett where Lucasfilm basically said, "Don't write R-rated stuff." Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. fanzines, you know, that's all in fan lore uh, if you want to look it up. But it's just a fascinating, you know, and and how. They stopped, you know. They didn't want the slash happening. It's just crazy. And you look, you look at how how things have changed. And I remember because p- people were super paranoid um, about the whole fanfic thing, even you know, in those early days. And that kind of infected. I kind of picked up on that, or you know, it was something that. And nowadays, that everyone's just like, "Hey, Pablo, look at this Raylo art." And it's like, <laughs> "Oh my god." <laughs> Don't and don't send Pablo things. Right. That he does. He doesn't need to see that. I'm sure you know he wouldn't blink. But <laughs> it's like don't. And and yeah, and people like talk, oh let's let's show you know Donald Gleason this and it's like no no no. I'm sure he just laughed. But don't yeah. don't involve the actors. Don't bother Adam Driver with it. Oh God, and yeah, Adam Driver would be even worse. Yeah. That poor guy. I it's like with Pablo. I sometimes wonder, like when Pablo comes home from work. And he's sitting down with his wife, like at the dinner table, and she asks, "Like, well, how was work today?" I wonder if he's like Twitter, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't. Here's the thing: Pablo didn't have to come back to Twitter. I was shocked that he did. That's true. You're right. Yeah. I think I think he gets a kick out of it, honestly. I, and, and I think a lot of people too they they misread Pablo. Absolutely. And Pablo is very. He's very snark. He's he's a very gentle kind of snarky. It's a, mostly. It's like a dry wit, maybe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just don't get that. I mean, I've run into that too, but I'm I'm way meaner than Pablo is. <laughs> uh, but 
it, but yeah, I think you know if you read it, you know the whole like the whole Millicent thing and everything. Yeah. It's just funny. <laughs> it's like it's hilarious that Admiral Hux would have a ginger cat. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I love. Well, I need to do another entry about Millicent because there's so much. There's so much amazing fan art and things out there. Yeah. For this cat. Yeah. She has her own tag on on on, on the fan fiction site. I think that's just amazing. It it better be in episode eight, right? Like, it, you know, yeah. it, let's let's see. Maybe it got off Starkiller Base before it exploded. Let's hope. She's ch- she's chilling on the finalizer. Yeah. You can't kill Mo. You can't kill a cat. No, you can't kill. Even me. if she's an evil cat, she, she doesn't know. She's not evil. No, Maybe. she doesn't know what the first order. No, it's just chilling. She just wants to eat and sleep. Yeah, she's a cat. Yeah, she's innocent. It's cat. It's a space cat. Space cat. So, Star Wars fandom for so long, as much as things have changed, like, with Star Wars changing constantly and growing more and more and more and more and more new fans, how has it changed from what you've, you've observed, and how has it stayed the same? I, I don't think the fan behavior has changed. I think people have gotten more savvy yeah. about, you know, how these things work, and definitely the arguments have changed. You know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you didn't like a shit, you know, you didn't like you were anti a ship, it was because, oh, they were icky. Mm. Or, oh, she, you know, especially with the, the whole Luke Mara thing, um, we had the, the whole Luke Mara versus Luke Callista. This is, you know, the who Luke should marry folder. Uh, um, it was, you know, a lot of it, the argument was basically, well, Mara is mean versus Callista is boring, were basically the arguments. Sure, yeah. And nowadays, nowadays on Tumblr, you see these, these the arguments are like, well, what's more ideologically pure and it's just it's like what (laughs) you know it's like i mean yes you know finn and ray are definitely a sweeter and more pure couple than ray and kylo because kylo's a villain (laughs) (laughs) he killed his own father yeah yeah yeah. it's like uh, i mean there's i think they come from the same place they just the terminology and the reasoning has just gone kind of stranger but the thing is there's always fandom drama there's always going to be arguments there are always going to be people who cannot handle that other people think differently than they are and they are always going to to try and argue and be trolls and you just Mm -hmm. have to learn how to shrug it off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and for me especially i think it's part of it you know i'm not 17 anymore when i was 17 i was just a raging trash fire of a person because that's what you do when you're 17 Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're trying, you know, you're mean and you don't care and you don't think about other people, especially in the internet. I mean, this was the early days of the internet, thankfully, but you just have to kind of learn to chill. And, you know, sometimes it's, you don't have to argue with someone if you don't want to. I mean, it doesn't always work. And, you know, especially with Twitter and we have, you know, the whole Gamergate thing and people just, you know, hammering, it's not ideal. Mm -hmm. And there are so many different ways to deal with that. But I, I don't know that... This, this idea that you owe people the right to argue with them, which you see sometimes. I think in younger people, but I, it's just, no. You don't, you don't have to. You can step away. If Twitter is bothering you, just don't go to Twitter for a couple days. <laughs> Things might blow over, hopefully. Usually they do. Usually. It's the thing with Star Wars now. If, if, somebody's, if somebody's upset about something, give it two days and there'll be another story. Yeah. That'll come out of nowhere and that'll be the topic of the day 
Yeah, and I think I think that's another thing is that that people forget that how much more information we are part we are we are getting now because of things because we're on Twitter twenty four seven because we're on Facebook. You're not hearing about new things from you know it used to be you get it from what the Star Wars Insider. Yeah. Maybe if it was big enough, you know, Entertainment Tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember seeing people complain about there's so much stuff coming out for the Force Awakens before before the movie, and it's like no, there's not so it's not that there's more. It's that you're more aware of it. Sure. Yeah. Because you're on. Because people, every time there's a commercial, you know, a site is going to post a new video. And, you know, every time, you know, you're you're just hearing about more, more, and and they're not, and and two that they're not really targeting us with a lot of this. You know, the obsessive people who who read everything. Yeah, they don't care about us. Yeah, they're targeting like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> who? Yeah, my my dad and my mom who were like, so what's Rogue One about the other day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, or my coworkers who ask me, "So, what's this new movie? Is it's it's not the it's not the sequel to the Force Awakens, right?" I'm like, "No, yeah, is Darth Vader going to be in it? Probably, you know, right. that that kind of thing." It's it they they're casting a really wide net, and we're just we're seeing the whole net, but that's because we're crazy. Yeah, and especially well, and, and I think a lot of people are looking at the blueprint of the Force Awakens. And and putting it on Rogue One when the Force Awakens was its own animal. Oh sure, because it was the first movie in ten years. Because it was the first movie under Disney, because of this, 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 and this, it, things came out way earlier for for the Force Awakens, and, and we complained about about that too. That oh, they're not publicizing Force Awakens yet; it's a year two. Right. Oh my god, <laughs> it must be horrible. Yeah, and it's like, well, there's this is what what we're seeing with Rogue One is going to be the, a more of a normal situation. Yeah, yeah. Where they're gonna they're not gonna start pushing it until you know maybe November. October, November, because that's when they, that's when, you know, you got to get the butts in the seats. They're not going to, they're not going to, you know, yeah, there might not be a Vanity Fair story and I'm obsessed with Vanity Fair, so I'm sorry, but <laughs> they might, you know, they they might only do that for the, for the episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already know, well, there's already rumors that Annie Leibovitz was, you know, in Ireland and we heard nothing about Rogue One. They still haven't done a Rogue One issue or Rogue One spread. And I, and I start, I said, I think I tweeted it. I'm like, yeah. Probably not going to happen. Watch it happens and yeah, comes out it, it'll happen tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think I think we're just there's just such a flood of information, and we we tend to forget that it wasn't always like this. There was a while back a thing on Twitter with the the real like people like nudging you to do a podcast of your own, like <laughs> spurned by the the whole thing of really. <laughs> which I yes. which I love that idea because there are so like where people were kind of correct me if I'm wrong but where people were kind of coming from that was there are so many rumors that come up and the Rogue One thing with the reshoots and all that that kind of was like like I don't there was stuff people were talking about where it's like I don't think that's how Hollywood works and I had no knowledge of how Hollywood really works but it's kind of like or how people run something like a billion dollar thing like Star Wars like. You know, like really, like you really believe this, really? You know? Yeah, and I'm yeah, I, you know, I go back and forth over over the podcast idea because it's just not my format. I think. Sure, I am too prone to rambling, as you might have noticed. <laughs> um, and two, that already, and a that already exists, honestly. Um, Full of Sith does the uh, Bobby at Full of Sith. Yeah, does rumor the, control. Uh, the rumor. Yeah. I can't remember what he calls it now. R- rumor control. Rumor control. Right. And he basically did that already for Rogue One. He did, and that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. It was like that's all you need right there. Um, 
I mean, it did, it did, you know, I am kind of thinking of, of some concepts, but the problem is I'm not, again, I'm not a podcast person. I don't listen to a ton. Mm-hmm. I maybe listen to one a week and it's not always the same one. Mm-hmm. So it's, it depends on what comes out, you know, and part of me would feel kind of, and it's just, it's just a whole different, I think, realm than what I'm, I'm kind of what I do, which is basically make snarky remarks on Twitter and post news. <laughs> what are, what are some stuff, what's some stuff that's come out recently since then that have been reallys for you? The Mark Hamill saying the whole Mark Hamill out of work thing. Oh yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Really? This is, yeah. Yeah. This guy, he's kept way bigger secrets than this. He's not going <laughs> to say on Twitter that he's, he's out of work forever. <laughs> Just out of work for some time, for you know, a year or so. And the dude, and, and two, he's not out of work because we know he has that 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 collecting show he's going to do. Yeah, nothing yeah. else. I'm sure he's got some other stuff going on as well. I'm sure. Yeah. It's just like really, guys. I mean, what, and, and and that's that's another problem is that everyone jumps on everything, and I'm guilty of that myself. You jump on things and you don't think them through. Mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest peeve. You jump on things, you freak out about them. Mm-hmm. Without thinking about them at all, you get excited. You can. You're like, oh my god, start something Star Wars. Somebody mentioned Star Wars, and you get excited. You know, mm-hmm. I do. And it. you're not, you're not just, you're not being logical about it. Right. It's like, like people who, who, and this is like my my biggest like pet peeve right now. People who freak out about spoilers. Yeah. I'm like, you're gonna get spoiled. I think that that definition is different for so many people. Like what yeah. other, what people consider spoilers. Yeah, like the whole oh the the trailers are showing are, are giving out too much of TFA. And I was th- I was actually thinking about this last night. If you if you look at all the trailers, the only bit we saw of the scene where Han dies, you know, the big dramatic scene. Mm-hmm. The only thing we saw was Chewbacca hitting the the little the little. Um, the igniter. That yeah. is the only thing we saw out of that entire scene. You're right. In the trailers. You're right. It's like they are not going to spoil the big moments. I mean, you might think you're seeing too much. I mean, we saw a lot, you know, of the of Jakku. Mm-hmm. Because that was, you know, the first act. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we, it's, it doesn't take an act of genius to, to, to guess that Ray is going to steal the Falcon because we see her in the cockpit alone. And But that's not a, you know, to me, that's not a huge spoiler. It's a lot of it is it's more about how things like and, and to Han dying, everyone had guessed that because it's been in the air since nineteen eighty three. Yeah, it just yeah, it was like even people that knew nothing were like, Yeah, I yeah. could see that happening. Yeah. It's it's like it's like you have to it to me it's not so much what happens as how it happens. Yes, I would agree. So, and two, you know, I've, I've had this with, with the books and people are like, oh, there's some really crazy thing happens and I'm spoiler free. You know, I went spoiler free for like one book in the past 10 years. It was ridiculous. <laughs> what, book, what book was it? I'm curious. Oh, it was one of the fate of the Jedi's. I don't know why I did it okay. because those books were not good. <laughs> um, but it was, no, no, it was the last book of legacy of the force is what it was because I write, I'm reading through it and, and I'm like, oh. And so I go to my friend, to my, my spoilery friends, and I'm like, so Dalla being president was what you're freaking out about? That's it? <laughs> right. I'm expecting, you know, I, that, and that was crazy, yeah. But I was expecting, like, you know, Chewbacca dying levels of something or other, you know. Sure, sure. And I'm just like, that's all? I mean, yeah, it's crazy, but it's not like, oh, my God, crazy. Yeah. But most people, you know, 
we know we know when to keep our mouths shut. Like I, I mean, I I was reading all those spoilers, but I wasn't going to tell people unless they unless they deliberately asked me. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like I'm not going to tell you, you know, how Bloodline ends. You know, when I was a kid, I literally peeked under the Christmas tree at the presents, and it, yeah. and it, oh, it was yeah. just—I kind of felt better. Like, okay, I'm getting a Nintendo. Cool. I wanted to know that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to open it up and play with it right now, but I needed to know so I don't like die of a heart attack on Christmas morning. And I still feel that way with like Star Wars. Like, I kind of need to know these things so literally I don't explode in the theater. Yeah. So I'm not, like, sitting there sweating and, like, I'm arrested for being, like, the world's biggest weirdo on opening night of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I'm super, you know, I went, so I went into, I, I somehow got a press screening invite. I'm still amazed at that, by the way. And so I went, went in Thursday, that Thursday to see The Force Awakens, and I was like, I'd already seen it. I was so happy. I was yeah. like, you're going to love it. You're going to love it to my friends. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't, that I was able to see it and just kind of, you know, I didn't even take my phone with me because I, I was like, I just want to, well, A, I knew they, they would put it in a bag or something, but sure. I just didn't, I wanted to be alone with my thoughts after I saw it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I need I needed kind of that, I didn't want to go dr- directly into the discussion. And and just, just to have that space. You don't want your opinion to be influenced. Yeah. You want your opinion to be your own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and just, just to absorb things. And, I mean, I, I so I went and saw it in Royal Oak, so I had, like, a 45-minute drive home. Mm-hmm. And and just, I just found that super useful just to think and, you know, drive kind of, you know, route I've driven a thousand times. So it's not, it was just, it was just really just to decompress mm-hmm. and to think about oh, it. Yeah, absolutely. I went, I saw it two times in a row opening night. And then I went again on Friday morning, and then I took about two weeks off. And kind of in that two weeks, I listened to the soundtrack a lot, and I talked to a lot of friends, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I really loved it. Like, you know, like, I'm ready to, yeah, I'm ready to see it this fourth time. Like, of it. Just gobbledygook. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I'm like, what, what was I saying? I I don't even know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I had those, had, it was a, it was the, the screening, there was a couple days before, before it came out and had those two days and I really wanted like the visual dictionary. I was like, why is the visual dictionary here? I was like, Oh, cause the movie doesn't come out till tomorrow. Right. Cause I want, you know, I wanted, you know, to eat up all those little details that, you know, you kind of get a glimpse at. And I know a lot of people are like, we shouldn't need to have it to, to know how the first order. And, and, but I thought that was kind of obvious. Yeah. I don't know. And to that, I'd say, you know, imagine if we were our age when, Star Wars, 1977 Star Wars came out, and they're mm-hmm. talking about how the Emperor has just dissolved the Senate. You'd and be the like, Clone Wars. Yeah, and, and you'd be like, wait, what? What? You know, much like we were with Force Awakens, with mm-hmm. like, and you know, truth be told, when Hosnian Prime blew up in Force Awakens, I was kind of like, no, wait a minute, what's going on here? Is that, is that Coruscant? Wait, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah, I think that they, they probably needed some visual different. I mean, if you look closely enough, you can tell it's it's got more of an old school. Sure feel to the architecture stuff, but you don't get that, 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 that much of a glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. If you get a really quick glimpse, it looks just like Coruscant. I cannot say that word. No, nobody ever God can. Damn it. No, yeah, nobody ever can. Damn it, Timothy's on. Why did you can't, why did you bring that back? 
I like, you know, I like the slow release of like with Bloodline and finding out a little bit more about the First Order. Yes. And a little bit more and just a little bit more. I, I don't want to know everything right away. I yeah, like, I think I think I think they're being really smart with this. And I know and I know there's a lot of frustration because we're so used to having like 20 years of background for these things. But but I think that they're being really smart about how much they they put out. And it's frustrating on the one hand because, yeah, you you want, you know, everyone wanted Aftermath to be like Bloodline where you just got a huge chunk of information. And you didn't. Mm -hmm. But I I think it's kind of, you know, they're going to dole it out. Not everything is set in stone yet either. I mean, until it's in a film... They might not want to reveal certain things. And how much of this are we going to, you know, how much, how much are we going to find out about the first order now that, you know, in episode, in episode eight, now that we know that, you know, Kylo, Kylo's going to go back to training and what's, you know, is Huck's going to be, you know, drawn and quartered for, <laughs> we don't know, yeah. but we assume that we're going to learn a little bit more there. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd rather learn about it in the movie than in, you know, the visual dictionary 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> Visual Dictionary Special Edition. Yeah, that's gonna. You know, I don't know if they're they're even gonna do that. They should. Yeah, I'd buy it. I would. Because get... they're dancing around so much that's in that, like, like that's actually in the movie in that book, and I'm just like, I've seen the movie. I mean, I understand that if it had leaked, you know, you don't want to leak that, you know, Ben Solo slap Organa, whatever his name is going to be, right? Is Kylo, but it's. You know, it's like the like in the first five minutes of the movie, you basically they basically tell you that he's. <laughs> you got it figured out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I I got a huge kick out of that. How quickly they just they just they just threw that. You know, Laura Santek is just throwing that out there. I'm like, oh, I know who he is. <laughs> it's like they, you know, and we were you know we were making jokes about that before with the um how Adam Driver looks kind of like the uh, the holiday special Han. He really does, doesn't he? Yeah, he it, does. <laughs> But, you know, th- that they confirmed it. It was just like, oh, okay. And I kind of expect them to do the same with Ray, honestly, at some point. Just throw it out there. My first five minutes of the movie, oh, yeah, she's Luke's, you know, kind of sort of daughter or whatever. Who knows, right? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Kaidi Mundi's cousin or something. <laughs> Yeah, that'd, be an in- that'd be an interesting story. <laughs> wow, yeah. So much for that ban on the prequels. Um Oh God! Oh, there's another really. Yeah, that's a really. That was again the first line, like the what the second line of the movie references the balance of the force. Yeah. Come on. And it, yeah, Ewan McGregor is saying these are your first steps, and yes, it's, it's like there's actually there's going to be last prequel stuff in in it because it's what sixty years after. Yeah. It's a well, lot naturally, of- there's going to you know, that's the way the world works. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a long time before we get a more prequel, a prequel, prequel-ish, you know, maybe not an Obi-Wan film, but a prequel, prequel-ish spinoff. I, 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 you know, I, I think right now they're, they're kind of, they're, they're still getting on, getting on the ground. They're still trying to, you know, get the mainstream kind of back on board. Then they might kind of go a little different direction i thought it was interesting reading that the film didn't do force awakens didn't do kind of what they expected in china and that china is an extremely prequel loving place like they like they're you know they're like the younger generation that grew up with clone wars like mm-hmm. the, the 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 original movies that we all grew up with they're kind of like oh yeah not so much those it's episodes one two and three that we love 
Yeah, because those because I, I don't think the original trilogy really came out there until because during the seventies it was just not going to happen. Yeah, and I think in, in the early two thousands was just a, they were more welcoming of that kind of you know the western stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it'd be interesting. And I also I just I kind of wonder how Rogue One is going to do in China. Yeah, I think because Rogue, Rogue One is it functions as a standalone. Uh, you know, it leads into the first movie, so. I wonder if that's kind of if that's part of the reasoning behind that making that the first one to see if they can hook China with Rogue One. That would be interesting. It really would. Yeah. And, you know, th- throwing something like Saw Gerrera in there, and who knows what else is going to be connecting it to. And and yeah, I mean, you've you've got Mon, Mon Mothma. She was she was in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah, she was in there. There's screen caps of her. Okay. But but the, the thing is, these are these are such minor characters, though, that I'm wondering if they're they're kind of going in clean. With Rogue One, and then throwing in these, you know, then you've got the Mon Mothma and Saw. Because even Clone Wars fans were like, "Oh yeah, that dude." Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, we all needed a little bit of a refresher on Saw Gerrera. Yeah, because he, you know, I, now I knew about his sister because I'd seen people talking more about her yeah. than him. I didn't even know there were two of them. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was still focused on the uh, the Kyle Katarn theory, even though I hate Kyle Katarn. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was thinking for the two hours that we didn't know. <laughs> we we talked about that on an episode a couple of while back. Like that that was some of the craziest two hours in Star Wars history. Like, <laughs> let's drive the fan base completely insane for two hours, and like the stuff people were coming up with. Like, you know, it's Reese. You know, it's it's Hammerhead. <laughs> it's like just the wildest stuff. You know. It got, yeah, it got to be kind of a joke after a while. What if it really is Kitster? You know, like Kitster. <laughs> Why not? It could be Kitster. They should be. It looks different. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Things happen. War makes crazy things happen. It was a really tough twenty, you know, ten years. Yeah, it was. Kitster is horrible. His best friend left him alone. He had no friends. And I mean, look at look at what twenty years did Obi Wan. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. For about an Obi-Wan Volt movie, they have so long. I mean, Ewan McGregor is not aging. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> so, let's see. Let's wait 10 years and see if he looks at least a little older. If, yeah, if you do the math on, like, when Train Spotting came out, that the yeah, guy... Yeah, I mean, he's definitely older, but he doesn't look that much older. No. But, I mean, but you look at actors, you know, you look at actors now, and, and, and you, you hear, you know, how old is George Clooney, and... and isn't he like sixty something at this point? He could be a hundred yeah. years old. He could. Yeah, the, act, the actors don't age the way they used to. The destruction of the Death Star was a major victory for the rebellion, but our battle isn't over yet. Darth Vader and the evil forces of the Emperor keep a stranglehold over the galaxy, but the Rebel Alliance must and will succeed in forever ridding the galaxy of their scourge. Even now, in our secret underground base on the ice planet Hoth, new strategies are being planned. See for yourself in The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Okay. Favorite background droid? Oh, God. Gonk. Gonk. It has to be Gonk. It has to be, right? Right. Uh, Favorite piece of John Williams music from a Star Wars film? Oh, man. I would say race theme. I'm not a huge soundtrack person. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, The Force Awakens was the only one I've ever actually, like, listened to all the way through. Like, not during the movie. But yeah, I really, I really loved Ray's theme, so I'm happy with that. Best hair in Star Wars. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't 
know. Best hair. It's a tough one. You know what? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be generous, and I'm gonna give this to Kylo Ren because he has not. He needs something to win. Yeah. When when he takes that helmet off, it's just perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, you know, I was. I, you know, I remember ser- seriously. I was like, whose hair is gonna be better? You know, is it gonna be Adam Driver or Oscar Isaac? And then that helmet scene, I was like, oh, he wins. <laughs> It's that, he wins. it's that Skywalker gene of hair, you know, they've got it. You know, the Skywalkers, they, they breed for, for two things, piloting and hair. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Fixing droids, maybe like down bottom of the bottom of the list. Yeah. Uh, most meaningful Star Wars item that you own. Oh, man. Again, I'm not a huge collector. <sighs> and I don't own that much. It's probably my uh, my Thrawn trilogy, my hardcover Thrawn trilogies. Mm-hmm. Trilogy. Mm-hmm. I got all three of them in hardcover, and and I found out I found out when the twentieth edition came out. I have the fourth edition, the one that has the different colored cover Ooh, on the inside. Look at the wow! But they're so worn out. Yeah. Like on the edges, because I read them. You know how hardcovers, if you read them enough, they get kind of worn out. Mm-hmm. And I covered them in packing tape, so I probably couldn't sell them anyway. Wow, that's that's perfect. That's great. Yes. That's great. Because I mean that—that's what hooked me. And honestly, it was that—that that damn heir to the empire is what what hooked me into the damn franchise. Into the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, favorite novel adaptation of a Star Wars film. Oh God! Oh, Revenge of the Sith, obviously. Yeah, that was a good There's one. No, there there are no other contenders right there. <laughs> Anakin Force Ghost in an upcoming film? Yes or no? It would make thematic sense, but I can't say I'm a fan. Okay. Of the idea. I mean, I'll, if it happens, I'll accept it, but it's not something I'm rooting for. Okay. Uh, favorite background Jedi? Uh, uh, uh. This is a tough one. That is a tough one. There's so many. There's so many, and I can't say that I've... Well, you know what always stood out to me was... um. I don't even, was she even in one of the movies with Shakti? Oh, yeah. With the, with the tails and stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I always thought that was an interesting species. And of course, they brought her, they, they made Ahsoka the same, of course, I can't remember the name. Tortuga or something? Tortuga, yeah, yes. Tortuga. Um, favorite Star Wars book cover? Oh. Oh, man. You know what? It's going to have to be... At, one of the Drew Struzan ones, which is which is horrible because most of the books that they're on are horrible. But I kind of have a soft spot for Children of the Jedi with Luke with the vampire collar. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I just I just get a there's just such a nostalgic of these 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 and I don't hate Children of the Jedi. I mean, as for, for that era, that was fant- a fantastic novel mm-hmm. because the the lows there were so horrible. But but yeah, the the Drew Drew Struzan covers were amazing. They were yeah. And I, I'm so just sad that you know the only really half decent books that he got on were the uh, the, the Hand of Thrawn duology. Okay, two more character you hope gets a Star Wars story movie. Huh. 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 I know, right? Don't make it easy. Yeah, I could say Mara. But I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I have such mixed minds about them bringing Mara back. Um, and plus, I, I hate every like fan casting ever of her, so it would just not be a good scene for me. Yeah. I don't know. That's a. 
Uh, Dave Filoni, he's a slippery one. He could do it, you know. He could. Oh, I don't. I do not want to no, want her in Rebels. I'm like, no, please, yeah. no Rebels. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that that is a tough one, and I can't really think of anyone that I would be dying for. Because all of the obvious ones are like, no. Yeah. Like the Boba Fetts and the Yodas, and it's like, no, please don't do that. Sure. You know what I think would be interesting? Okay, here's one. What I think would be interesting is if, yes, Han is supposed to be a standalone, but what if they do a second one and it's about Lando? I would love it. And and it's it's like a soft sequel. It's not like a they're, – they're related, but they're not – direct sequel you know you don't need to see one to see the other i think that would be really neat you know i could see that happening too because like they cast this guy as young han solo Mm -hmm. but like you're only going to get one movie out of this guy and what if this is like the greatest movie ever and everybody loves it they're going to want to well we got to make another young han solo movie Mm -hmm. and we'll make a lando movie and and there's so there's so much room with those two characters so many places you could go Mm mm-hmm I mean, you've got these 10 years before A New Hope. Just play with it, man. Yeah. Or more, maybe. I don't know how old the guy's going to supposed to be when they start. But, but yeah, I think that that's what I would, I would pick. Would be a soft, would be like a soft sequel with Lando. I love it. Last one. Favorite moment in Force Awakens? Oh, the saber fight. Oh, yeah. That was just so good. And I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even, you know, on a technical level, you know, the editing could be a little better, especially at the end. Cause you're like, did, did he lose a hand? I can't tell. Sure. But just, just the, the whole, the whole, the whole package though was just really great. And, you know, we've all been waiting for, you know, a female Jedi, like a live action female Jedi to come in and kick some ass. And, you know, you could tell it's just the, the choreography and everything was just amazing. It was, it was an emotional fight. And yeah, and yes, it was emotional, you know, and I was invested in the characters and I think that's the secret that, that it just, it got, it got me caring about the characters. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Yay. Yes, I did have fun. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much for talking to me tonight. Thank you. It was fun. So I just want to thank Dunk from Club Jade one more time for that great interview. Also, we were having so much fun that I forgot to ask her of the, some of the web addresses for Club Jade, if you're not familiar. But if you want to check out Club Jade, it is at clubjade.net. You can also find her at Twitter. You can look up Club Jade or Dunk, and you'll show come right up. And so my super busy couple weeks is now over, thankfully. So next week, Gabe will be back. got a lot of news to catch up on there's a lot go there there has been a lot going on in the past few weeks and we're gonna have a jam-packed episode full of the usual blast point stuff and if you liked this episode head over to itunes leave us a five-star review and we will read your review on an upcoming show 
You can also get a hold of us on Twitter at blast underscore points. You can like our page on Facebook. And we're also on Instagram. And you can follow us on all that so you can find out first about new episodes and all kinds of stuff we'll have coming up in the future. So on behalf of episode 32, this is Jason saying thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. about art. Uh, not very much. Pellian managed, thrown a little by the sudden change of subject. I've never really had much time to devote to it. You should make the time. Thrawn gestured to a part of the inner display circle to his right. Sappho paintings. He identified them. Circa 1550 to 2200. Pre-Empire date. Note how the style changes right here, at the first contact with the thin Cora. Over there, he pointed to the left-hand wall, are examples of Peana Dextrasa art. Note the similarities with the early Sapha work, and also the mid-18th century pre-Mvathkri flat sculpt. What? <laughs>